It's time for episode 407 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we always have a good time. I'm Dan Morin, and across the internet from me is my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? Well, now there's a lot of pressure, which I'm okay. prepared for. Okay. Because we always got to have a good time. Did you know that we were doing a show? Is that... Is oh, that... I'm, I'm prepared to do a show. Okay. We're prepared to have a good time. Okay. Always. You know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. But I'll do my best. Frankly, I feel like that because this is the show where we have two fantastic guests on every week. And this week, to my left... It is my very good friend and fellow superhero enthusiast over at The Incomparable, as well as a senior editor at IT Pro today. It's Lisa Schmeiser. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. I feel good to be here. Excellent. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us to my left uh, is podcaster extraordinaire, as well as uh, a journalist uh, in Slovenia. It's Andrzej Tomic. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. You actually introduced me this time. It's usually Dan, so I was kind of scared for you how you're going to pronounce my name. And you got my name right, my surname kind of, but I'm also happy to be here. Hi. Good. I'm glad that you're happy to be here, and uh, I will continue to work on it. It's, I, it's all that pressure again, Micah. I'm so sorry. I feel like I started us <laughs> off today with too much pressure. Let's start off with an easy question this week. I want to know what you use for input devices, mice, trackpads, trackpads, voice on different devices, your iPads, your Macs or computers, uh, etc. What do you what's your input device of choice, Lisa? My index fingers. <laughs> no, I don't I don't have any third-party peripherals because I don't want to have to keep track of any. So, I have a MacBook uh, uh, Pro for my primary work device and I've got a trackpad on that and that serves me fine and the rest of the time I have an iPad and I have uh, an iPhone and a watch because I'm completely locked into the ecosystem and (laughs) it's just you know swiping and pinching and dropping and dragging and typing on the keyboard when necessary. (laughs) Well I like you am uh, pretty much index finger uh, exclusive. I I Mm -hmm. I have a trackpad that I use right next to my Magic Mouse, and I use both of them um, pretty regularly. I would say that input uh, tends to be um, almost exclusive to that. I don't like using my voice for different things. Uh, I was talking to Matthew Castanelli about this not too long ago. It's just that time and time again, um, I've been shown that it's a waste of time for me to use my voice for things because it doesn't work how I uh, expect it to and how I want it to. And so instead of being disappointed, um, I just, it's just like being in a group project. Instead of being disappointed by the failure of the person that's with you, you just do it yourself. <laughs> so that's why I don't wow. use voice assistance. <laughs> Andre, what about you? Uh, I I just use a mouse basically uh, all the time. I do have a laptop, like I, I have a work ThinkPad, but I, I just can't. I, I'm not. I'm 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 a tall person. I'm like six foot eight, so my hands are in proportion to that. They they mm-hmm. are huge. So like trackpads are not my thing because I just I just can't deal basically. That <laughs> my wow. fingers are just too large. You're too powerful. So for whenever the I'm kind of forced to use it, I'm just sort of just 
Yeah, I can't. I really can't. So it's a mouse. I'll, I'll say which mouse it is because it's like a Logitech MX8, uh, what's a fa- uh, 518, which is like a sort of a gaming mouse, which I keep making because it's large. And I have two of them, like one at work and one at home. And one of them is like a Dark Knight promotional version, <laughs> which, I, which I got like in a bargain <laughs> bin. Probably like five years after The Dark Knight actually was in theaters because I think the the place just didn't know what exactly they were selling. So I got it, I'm not joking, like for five euros, right? Which is nothing for a, like a decent Logitech mouse, right? So that's that's all I use. I'm, I'm kind of dreading the day when one of them dies because I've gone through a couple of them because the new ones don't look as good as my very... Probably very limited edition Dark Knight one, <laughs> which I'm probably like the only person that actually uses that. But yeah, so it's it's mice all the way, and then I have my you know mechanical keyboard disease, which isn't part of this. But yeah, no trackpads and uh, no trackballs. I and like with the voice thing when computers learn Slovene, maybe Google kind of <laughs> understands it, but mm-hmm. not, not really. So yeah, I like the cachet of the Dark Knight mouse. That's pretty good. That feels very like very cool, very. Uh, very retro. Uh, I also thought when you said you had two mice, you meant you had like one on either side of your computer, which I was like, man, that is, that is hardcore. <laughs> I don't even know how you deal with that. Uh, I'm a trackpad all the way person. And I've mainly, I think when I first started um, being, for a while, I was a laptop only person like Lisa. And so I, I just relied on the trackpad and I got really used to it. And so when I eventually switched back to having a desktop as well, I had gone, gotten so accustomed to the trackpad that uh, I wanted an external trackpad as well. So I have a Magic trackpad, and I love it. It's got to be one of my favorite input devices of, of basically all time. Um, so that, for me, is a big deal. On my iPad, I do have a keyboard attached, but it's just the smart keyboard, not the Magic keyboard. So I don't have an input device on it at all. I think I've used a trackpad with it briefly, but you know, usually that requires disconnecting it from my Mac and reconnecting it to the iPad. That's way too much work when I can just tap things on the screen. So... That's where I am. But thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's move to our second topic today, which comes from Lisa. All right. So this morning, <clears throat> Microsoft. Yes. Uh, yeah, this morning, Microsoft announced a new um, cloud desktop service, Windows 11 Cloud Desktop. And the idea is that instead of having everything tethered to a really specific machine, like all of your files on your desktop and things in different drives, you basically log into what, what could be be termed a terminal and you enter your account information and woof, a desktop appears with all of your files. It's basically moved the personal experience, computing experience to the cloud. And that got me thinking lots of people already work that way. And what I want to know is among for each of you, how much of your day-to-day computing life actually takes place on your specific machine and how much already takes place in the cloud via different services and tools that you're using? A lot of my work takes place in the cloud. Um, for, for Twit, we use Google's different document editors for different uh, things involving the editorial process. Um, so that is all taking place in the cloud. Um, my personal stuff, for the most part, takes place locally uh, as I do you know, uh, audio editing with a local program and uh, video editing with local programs and the rare occasions when that comes up. Um, but I would also point to gaming, which um, I have been playing uh, a game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I have a Mac and I don't have any consoles. And so I've been using Amazon's Luna service for uh, quite some time now, which is super solid, by the way. And uh, it is a cloud gaming 
uh, platform. So more and more, um, I certainly have joined the, the ranks of folks that are already doing a lot of this computing mm -hmm. that's in the cloud. And uh, it's been really interesting. Uh, Anjay, what about you? For me as well, the audio editing is also like obviously all local, but I do use sort of I, I have like most of my stuff in Google Drive just because I sync. I actually do sync between two machines, like my home machine and my work machine. And I kind of have it set up in a way where because uh, I'm on, a, on Windows on both. I cause sort of all of the paths to to all of my files are the same on both computers, so the username is the same. So kind of, it doesn't really matter where I open stuff; it'll just appear. So I can do like I I edit in Reaper most of the time, and so I have it set up as a portable install in Google Drive. So mm. when I open it on the home machine and close it on the home machine, let's say, and then I'll get to work and I'll open it there and just open up the way I close it at home. So it's it's kind of it's almost like a thin client, the thing that Microsoft's doing. <laughs> Now, but kind of a, it's going to be a retro version of it at some point because mm -hmm. everything is going there apparently but like as far as the cloud stuff goes i've used the phonic a bunch of times just when i need like a quick audio cleanup and stuff and that all happens on servers over there and then you know the phone kind of really is just like just lives in the cloud now like even i use a like a pixel uh i have a 5x uh, 4xl sorry now and uh, like everything just gets at least backed up to the cloud it's not backing up just sync to the cloud and then you know any kind of photo editing and stuff i guess it's on device but you know when it gets saved to the cloud it kind of you know it, it's kind of half and half basically and I, I i have experimented with the whole cloud gaming thing we did a show here like uh, a couple of months ago about it mm -hmm. and it's it's surprisingly like good i was gonna say okay but it's better than okay at least the things i've seen i, I use the uh, the nvidia service like the nvidia now i think it's called and it's it's weird it's like even first person shooters you can actually do that and i'm i'm, sta I'm starting to become a convert so when i saw the 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 announcement from microsoft with the the uh, 11 cloud and it it's it's all like starting to make sense because i do remember like every company keeps trying this like they keep yeah, we're going to do the thin client. It's going to work this time. But I think like... I <laughs> it's going like, to work this time. is like yeah. the, best, <laughs> the best tech pitch ever. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready to hook my thin client up to my mainframe and just live that life, the 1970s <laughs> computing life. I'm just really here for it. Um, <laughs> I think there's a I think there's a strong argument for it now, right? I mean, we have much faster internet than we used to, so it is certainly feasible to do a lot of this stuff. For me, I already have a lot of the documents I rely on every day stored in a cloud service provider. And so when I set up my new MacBook Air, I spent time basically putting, like basically arranging it so I didn't have to store documents on it with the exception of occasionally working on podcast files. My iMac has more stuff on it just because it's a convenient dumping place. And then I have all that stuff stored on like a local NAS as well. But like most of the stuff I interact with is mainly in like cloud storage services. Um, and we use obviously a lot of Google Docs stuff for producing things for this show as well as other shows I do. As for computing, though, it's actually fairly limited, I would say. I still rely on mostly on local apps. I mean, even if I'm storing files in the cloud, the processing seems to be happening on my local devices. Um, and I think maybe that's because I trusted the processing power over the <laughs> the internet connection. Um, <laughs> and I, I have been interested by some of the cloud gaming services. I've played around a little bit with Microsoft's xCloud gaming service, which is fine. But again, uh, if you don't have a good internet connection or reliable internet connection, it's it's can be a pain sometimes. 
sometimes. So I think there's a lot of sense made in like offshoring this stuff more and more towards like, you know, data farms doing and, and like all cloud processing and stuff like that for heavy lifting tasks. But I think we're probably I don't think we're getting back into sort of the, the entirely thin client idea anytime soon. But I guess we'll see. Lisa, you want to wrap us up here? Sure. I was I was thinking as I was listening to all of you, you've made very sharp distinctions between when you go, well, thin client for lack of a better term. But thanks, Dan. And uh, the things, <laughs> but it's, it's well, I do this in the cloud and I do this. Um, for me, the division is actually more work versus private. I'm more likely to download private files. So or like say uh, Kindle books or movies or things like that. So I can enjoy them offline. And I wasn't, I didn't realize until I was listening to you how much of my work life I make an effort to keep in the cloud. Mm. And I think part of that comes down to this way, if my computer goes down, I can keep working, um, <laughs> which oh, yeah. has psychological implications. I'm not ready to unpack on this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's wild because although I do, I have a lot of movies through iTunes and way too many Kindle books, those for whatever reason, I'll download onto a computer. So if I'm, you know, in an airport or a waiting room or something, I have something with which to entertain myself. I keep my work pretty much on cloud-based services. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime I try to work on, say, Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel on my desktop, for whatever reason, I don't find the experience to be as productive or zippy as when I'm using the same or analog services in the cloud. Interesting. All right, well, that is two topics down, two topics left to go, which, of course, means it is halftime here at Clockwise, and this week's episode is brought to you by Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. It's uh, always nice to find a new podcast to listen to. Maybe you've gotten tired of the podcast that you listen to. Maybe you just want to switch topics and hear about something else. Tech Talk is the show that talks through HPE news, tech insights, and world-class innovations. I listened to an episode that they did where talking with somebody who works at the Walt Disney Studios Studio Lab about how they use AI to help uh, basically enhance the filmmaking process, including what I thought was very cool. They used like, machine learning and AI to look for like uh, like bad pixels or like little color mismatches and stuff when they broadcast um you know, test runs of, of prints before sending them out to movie theaters. Seems like a smart thing. I would hate to be the person who has to look for all of the mistakes in the picture. Better that a computer does it. And if you want to listen to podcasts like this, you can expect topics like how to tackle issues when it comes to high-performance computing, how cloud data experiences are changing, uh, and even super computing aboard the International Space Station. The show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some seriously impressive tech leaders, such as Dr. Michael Roberts from the ISS U.S. National Lab and Erica Veris. Doggett, research scientist at Studio Lab, as well as Emily Christensen, a master candidate in applied data science at USC. Check out Tech Talk wherever you get your podcast. Search for Tech Talk now or click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to HBE Tech Talk for the support of this show and Relay FM. And that is halftime. And with it, I turn things over to my good colleague, Micah Sargent. Yeah, Apple uh, yesterday announced a MagSafe battery pack for the iPhone, and it's pretty ugly. Uh, made me wonder. <laughs> When do you choose practical over pretty when it comes to your personal tech? And when do you choose pretty over practical? And uh, by that, I mean, just when do you choose to sort of have a look and feel that you like, that you want to show off, perhaps, um, at the expense of practicality, and vice versa? When is practicality more important to you than the looks of, of a thing? Anjay, we'll start with you. This was like an existential question when I saw you put this topic. <laughs> and I, I was so because I kept 
I kept thinking, like I, I always, like, I have this opinion where of myself, where I'm, I, I'm the guy. The, I know design, right? I'll choose the pretty stuff. But then the more I thought about it, it's all very utilitarian. Like I, I almost don't care. <laughs> like I don't, because like the the mic I use is like a, the, the Neumann uh, KMS one hundred five, which is like a stage mic. So if I do a video podcast, it does not look particularly well. Like you know, everybody uses the sort of the what the uh, SM seven B or whatever the short one, which kind of looks cool and has like the integrated. Uh, sort of pop filter and everything and like the the cord is kind of tucked away and i'm fine because i like the neumann and it sounds better to my ear so i'll use that all of my battery packs have been just just horrendous <laughs> the first one i had was like a it was a literal brick there's just no effort with the design with like a blue led and i just didn't care because the the capacity was great right so the, yeah i do have like a really nice mechanical watch i do want to say that just just to kind of save myself here because i i don't like even like my, my mechanical keyboards I'll, I'll 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 like i have a dust keyboard like the full size one and it's like is it a good looking keyboard i don't know it looks like something for, like a, from a black ops movie Right, it's not really, you know, but but I like the feel, so I'll use that. You know, I, you you basically murdered me with that question, Michael. Like I don't, I, I, guess. And then I thought, well, maybe my phone, and I just figured, you know, I basically get a black silicon case that's kind of grippy. Like that's that's what I do. Wow. And I'm gonna rethink my life now. So another service provided to you by Clockwise. Uh, I, uh, I think I probably always choose practical over good looking. I mean, anybody who's ever seen me dress myself could probably agree with that sentiment. Um, I don't know. I, I think about the aesthetics in that, but I think it's more about choosing the, like the brand than any individual device. I mean, that's part of the reason I use Apple products is that I like the way that they, they're designed and the way that they look. It's not to say I, Apple hasn't made ugly products and it's not to say I haven't bought other products that are not as well designed, but I think for me, it tends to be more about the interest over something being practical than sheer aesthetics, just because I don't know, maybe like, like Andre, like, I'm not sure, like, am I a good judge of that? Am I actually like, like, you know, an aesthetic judge of what these things are and how they're designed? Or am I just interested in it because it will do the function that I want it to do? Um, I've probably paid a premium for things to look nicer. I mean, again, using all Apple products, you can always argue that you pay a premium for the design. But overall, I think I, I tend to focus much more on the things that a product can do for me rather than just the way it looks. So perhaps to my detriment, I suppose. I'm just going to join Anjay in the corner of rethinking all my life decisions now. <laughs> Lisa, what about you? I was going to be like, oh, you can have both form and function. And then I realized that my favorite podcasting microphone is the um, Audio-Technica A2R2100X, which is easy to use and uh, very portable. And I don't find it nearly so aesthetically appealing as like the, the, the Yeti Snowball or, 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 the, or the Yeti or the Snowball. Like I find those to be much more stylish, but I don't like using them as much. So clearly that's a point for function over form. And then I was like, okay, what about my other tech peripherals? Because I use clear plastic cases on my iPhone and my, my MacBook. So clearly that's a style statement. And then I thought, yeah, but I'm using this really ugly and effective bag smart uh, travel case for organizing all of my cables and power packs. So um, I, I think like as much as I'd like to believe that I'm conscious of aesthetics and making aesthetic choices that, uh, you know, 
fit my sensibility. I- I'm really going for what works over what's attractive. <laughs> I wish yeah. I weren't. I wish I I, w- I wish I were like deeply committed to some sort of personal style where I'm like, I don't care if it's impractical. Five binder clips are all I need. But um, no, I'm like, there's like way too many ugly black cords and nylon bags in my life for me to make that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm right there with everybody. I I tend to be uh, more concerned about what's practical. I think, you know, especially you get a new iPhone or you get a new device. And at first you're going, oh, yeah, I'm going to show this off. I'm going to, you know, do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a case that looks just perfect with it. And, and I also think that in some places we continue to choose, uh, you know, f- uh, form over function. But for the most part, I'm definitely a function over form uh, person uh, because it's just uh, it's it's too much tech to be considering uh, a form for uh, and, you know, expensive things as well. So that, that is always uh, plays a role. All righty. Thank you all for your answers on that. I apologize for any existential crises that took place. Let us move on to our <laughs> final topic, which comes from Anjay. So yeah, I found like an old link where Apple basically made the old MacBook sleep LED indicator blink to mimic the rhythm of breathing, like human breathing. And so I was just wondering if you can think of any other instances where Apple kind of has designed something which shows like a, like a almost insane, you know, amount of thinking about stuff and like attention to deliver like a really high level so if you have any other so that, but but with apple like no other brands because i know they're you know because i <laughs> no we're, other we're brands gonna, you know, no other just yeah and i can say that because i'm like on an android phone and windows and i like i think so you know so mm-hmm. apple mm-hmm. apple this people gets better the further you go <laughs> this won't be a, this won't be difficult i would argue almost everything they do i mean this kind of dovetails neatly into our last question about like design and practicality and stuff um i think for me looking at those new imacs that apple just released i think that's a pretty clear indication not only if they color match the aluminum in like the the peripherals right like the trackpad and the keyboard but like it comes with uh not only i think the power cable is color matched but also, I think the uh, the lightning cable that they include to like charge peripherals, I think it's a lightning cable, like also has like a color matched, like woven exterior to it. And I mean, think about the number of SKUs that they need to like maintain in a retailer to be like, oh, you want a replacement power cable? What color is your computer? Like that is <laughs> that is wild to me. And it's amazing. But it, it is kind of par for the course uh, when it comes to Apple doing the little details. And I think I, I you know, failing at the moment to summon any other uh, examples, but I'm sure my, my colleagues here That's will have some good example. ones. That's a good example. Don't choose any more. So we I have will some. choose no more examples because <laughs> I have made my point and I'm done. And Lisa, I'm going to pass it over to you. I have spent way too much time looking at the little flower uh, icon slash breathing cue on my Apple Watch's Breathe app because it's so simple and it's so elegant. It starts off as sort of this lotus-esque flower with six distinct petals, and then all of the circles move together and contract and come down to a circle when you're supposed to inhale, and then it blooms out again to a flower when you exhale. And just the just the elegance of having six stack circles, which rearrange themselves and contract and expand and contract again. And there's this tiny point of pure white at the middle. It's just really beautiful and simple and compelling. And I spend a lot of time thinking about why this works. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's mine. Apple hasn't always done this, but in many a device, um, I've always been impressed with the fact that they will color match the screws to match uh, mm. whatever uh, color they have chosen for the latest round of devices. Um, but the one that I really want to point out is, I mean, it's gone so far that iFixit will uh, release uh, wallpapers for you to use it's just take off the back of any of Apple's devices and look at how um, beautifully they've designed the internal components and how there's there's so much thought put into the way that it looks, even though you never are looking at those things unless you're servicing the device or you are like me and just want to see what, what things look like uh, underneath. And it's kind of incredible uh especially when as as you pointed out Anjay no other brands when you look at some <laughs> other brands and you look at their um the, the the arrangement of the internal components and how it looks and they're just, you can just tell the difference between the two uh they consider uh, what's on what is it what's behind the fence what's on the back of the fence mm-hmm. as much as they do uh what you can actually see Okay, so this was sort of a, like a Trojan horse topic because I just want to get back to my shtick when I'm on clockwise. My, <laughs> so just to explain, like my, my partner, she, she got an iPhone 12 now because uh, she she's been like a, like a lifelong Android user and now she, she, it was time to like uh, switch phones because the, the last one was dying. And I, she always just comes to me and says, what should I get? So at this time I was like, okay, it's, it's time because like the pixels are kind of hard to get here and the other phones are kind of meh in my opinion. So she got an iPhone 12, like at 128 gigabytes the byte version a white one like really nice and then because uh, you know i review phones and i'll usually just get uh, apple review new units from time to time so and then i just remembered all over again that uh, there's no slovene language in ios mm. right so the company mm-hmm. that does the beautiful flowers on the watch right and the color code, like the color matched cables to the computer and like mm-hmm. micah said you know really thinks about stuff just can't be bothered to support Slovenian and a bunch of other uh, like uh, languages because it just it killed me again. Like you see, this is the same company that does the beautiful like uh, hardware design when you open it up, like Micah said. And that there's like there's never been a meeting where it's like maybe we should just do some more language support. <laughs> like, and it just it kills me. I I don't like a meeting needs to happen within Apple to kind of fix that. And we're just like 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 uh, championing like Slovenia and Slovenia right. But like, there's a budget. It's so weird because they do support Croatia and Croatian, which is fine. And it's all the same letters. Like we don't have like some weird letters where, you know, we just Slovenia uses them. Right. It's all in there. They just it just never happened. It's the same on the Mac. And again, they have a patent where they kind of patented the, the, how the LED blinked on the old MacBooks to kind of correspond with human breathing. Like, there's a guy at Apple or a girl, I don't know. Like, just, <laughs> they, that was their job. Like, somebody filed that patent. And, like, the meeting where, you know, like, my mom's iPad doesn't have to be in Croatian because he barely speaks it, right? That can't happen. So thank you for listening to another rant <laughs> of how well, Apple I hope that, keeps ignoring I hope that, Slovenia. I hope that makes away Tim Cook's ears. I hope that for you. So yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's the hope, Dan. That's, that's the hope. basically the hope. Yeah. All right, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get there, I want to tell you about our other sponsor today, and that is the good folks 
at Memberful. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web. Generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program, but what you might not know is that Memberful is the platform we use for that program. They make it super easy to generate that extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our members. Podcasting, obviously we have ads on this show and that's great and we like having the uh, sponsor support such as Memberful, but it's also great to be able to have support directly from listeners. So I- I've used Memberful not only only here at Relay FM, but on my other tech podcast, The Rebound, we use Memberful to manage our Rebound Prime membership program. If you're a creator and you're looking for a way to sort of bring in some more revenue and maybe, you know, you don't want to deal with selling ads or something like that, I mean, you know, there's always the option to also add membership support onto it there. Maybe you're already producing content, relying on advertising or other means of income. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program, including custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more. All of that's done while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. If you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Get started for free at memberful.com slash clockwise. No credit card required. That's memberful.com slash clockwise. Go there now. Check it out. Could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, super quick bonus question this week. Are you an ocean person or a lake person, Lisa? I grew up near oceans and live near one now, so probably an ocean person. Hands um, down an ocean person. Lakes yeah. scare me. They're snakes, <laughs> and I don't want <laughs> them to bite my toes. Anjay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a sea person, not necessarily an ocean person. I know like the difference between a sea and an ocean is the sea is less likely to just murder you. Basically. <laughs> this is very threatening. I will go to the ocean. I like the ocean, but I am at my heart a lake person and there are no snakes at my lake, Micah. So that's all I'm saying. That is all we have time for this week. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest, Lisa Schmeiser. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for having me. And Anjay Tomek, who I still am not pronouncing your last name correctly. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks. This was fun. This was fun. And Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.